0: Graham Potter still has Chelsea board support, but who could replace him? And Raheem Sterling responds to exit rumours. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. Hope you're doing well and keeping safe on this Wednesday. We've got some stuff around Graham Potter's future once again in terms of him still having the backing, but then also looking at some of the suggestions for candidates who maybe could replace him if a change is to be made. ...in the upcoming weeks. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about Reem Sterling, his future ahead of this summer, and a really encouraging announcement by Chelsea this morning regarding supporters and their involvement in the club. Before we get into any of that good stuff, I want to ask you guys, if you're new around here and want to see more Chelsea content, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of the uploads on the channel during the rest of this season if you are listening on the podcast thank you so much for tuning in son of chelsea is a part of the 90 min podcast network please give us a positive rate and review it really does help out But let's get into it firstly with this announcement that Chelsea made earlier today. I know there's been a lot of negativity but I think this is a positive announcement for Chelsea uh, and Chelsea supporters absolutely. Chelsea released in a statement that they are delighted to announce the establishment of our new fan advisory board, the FAB they're calling it, which is an initiative to help fulfill our promise to be pioneers in fan engagement. The focus will be on the club's strategic vision and objectives as well as medium and long-term decision making. The FAB will meet at least three times a year with Chelsea FC board members, with additional senior club executives also in attendance at all meetings. The fab will be made up of six supporters. Three places are reserved for our supporters' advisors to the board, and the club is looking to identify a further three supporters via an open application process. You can apply right now on the Chelsea website, so I'll link that down below and as well the Chelsea Supporters Trust involved in this and you know very much advocating for Chelsea supporters and sort of the future of the club In the takeover process, almost this time last year, now said that this is a momentous day, but it must go further than what has been included in the initial proposal um, before it was fully endorsed by the Chelsea supporters' trust. So, I think generally it's a positive thing, and it's exciting that you know you could be watching this and you could apply for it and potentially be a part of this board. And I think, as Rob Prattley rightly tweeted about uh, after this, as people seem to be misunderstanding, the fan board is not going to be a we should sign x or sell x etc it's going to be for things like how do we improve match day experience how do we reach club environmental goals you know i think rob's absolutely spot on there in terms of compared to what twitter probably tells you and what some online fans think i you know i refer to them as consumers transfers are not everything in football your club isn't defined by who they buy and sell there's a lot more that goes into that in terms of ticket prices in terms of what it's like to actually go to sanford bridge how you feel appreciated as a fan different groups of fans who are maybe in a minority and how they feel they're represented within the club and the conversation within the club I think these, these are really important things and I think that Daniel Finkelstein, who's a non-executive board member, has been a lifelong Chelsea fan. I think he's very much pioneering this. He was involved in sort of the reaction to the European Super League and the fact that there's looking to be a, an independent sort of a panel, and an independent sort of a regulator for English football, which I think last week sort of took a, a big step with that white paper announcement by the UK government. So, All round I think this is positive and I know a lot of people are very annoyed and disconnected about Chelsea at the moment but I think having fan involvement, particularly if we reference back what happened in the European Super League is a positive and I think this is a positive step for the future. The next thing is around Graham Potter. Obviously, uh, Chelsea boss is under pressure, but has support of at least one of the club's owners. This is a report by Sky Sports yesterday. Um, it goes into the fact that even though he is under immense pressure and, and some of the clubs, maybe internal figures, may be feeling a little bit different around Graham Potter, he still has the support, obviously, to keep his job ahead of this weekend's game against Leeds. As you can see now on screen, this is a graphic of Chelsea's last 11 results in all competitions. Um, not good reading since the turn of the year against Nottingham Forest on New Year's Day. What I really want to talk about because we've discussed a lot about Graham Potter but I think it's fair to have the conversation of in a hypothetical situation if Graham Potter is sacked let's say after the Leeds game or probably more likely after the Borussia Dortmund game. Who are you bringing in? Who's available? What would be an improvement? What would be an upgrade? What is realistic? I have seen a lot of wild suggestions. All of those wild suggestions have just made me want to keep Graham Potter, and that's not because I'm overly pleased with what's going on at the moment. I think I've made that abundantly clear in recent days, but some of the just ridiculous suggestions that have come out, I mean, it really does like, I mean, it just baffles your mind. And I shouldn't be surprised, but John Terry, an icon of this club, our greatest ever captain, has been doing work with the academy But he isn't ready to take over as head coach at Chelsea. He just isn't. I'm sorry. You know, at least with Frank, he had a year at Derby where he took them to the playoffs. JT, for all we love him and for all maybe for about a week or two, he could rile up some decent performances. In the long term, that's not a smart, smart appointment. It isn't. Um, Jose Mourinho, Chelsea's greatest ever head coach. Um, an icon, once again, a, a monumental figure within this club that all head coaches are kind of stacking up against in the upcoming years and, and decades to, to rival what he did at Chelsea. All of that being said, he has passed his best. He is no longer the che- the Chelsea coach that, that we need. He's not Part of of a of a club currently that you'd say is at the height of European football. There's a reason why he's at Roma, and to be honest, he's not doing as good as good of a job as he did last season there. Um they had a, a really bad result in, in earlier this week. So no, Jose Mourinho, you know, not not the future. And and I just think most of the suggestions I'm hearing, the worst suggestion I heard was where JT comes in as an interim and Thiago Silva is his assistant. I mean, this is just, we're not being serious, you know, let's, let's, we can talk about who replaces Graham Potter, but just going for nostalgia, if you tell me tomorrow that Frank Lampard's returning, I have to say, a bit like the first time, even though I was very hurt by Lampard being sacked, And it not going well, I probably would be very happy to see Lampard back. But that's because I have a deep emotional connection with Frank Lampard as a hero of mine in terms of sport, in terms of being a a Chelsea legend, the greatest Chelsea player of all time. But do I, if I sit here rationally right now, do I think Frank Lampard is the right coach for Chelsea right now? I, I probably, no, no, he's not. You know, so there are other people we can talk about who I think are probably more realistic or at least ones who I think fall into a category where you could see them come in and maybe do a better job than Graham Potter is doing at the moment. The first one is Hansi Flick, who is obviously the current German head coach, won the Bundesliga and and won the 2020 Champions League with Bayern Munich. That was against Thomas Tuchel, when he was coaching PSG. So did a really good job. Um, Nico Kovac, I believe he replaced in 2019 and, and really turned around that season that was looking to be a difficult one for Bayern. But Kevin Hatchard, who is a Bundesliga commentator and German football expert... Says that he's very sceptical skeptical about the chatter on here linking Hansi Flick with Chelsea. Has a home Euros with Germany next year, so can't see him walking away before then. Plenty of time to pick a club uh, stuff back up afterwards, especially if he wins an international trophy. So he could very much be off the table. Thomas Frank, uh, Brentford, I saw a link to him earlier in the week. Of course, led them up from the championship, I think has turned Brentford into... Uh, they remind me so much of Blackburn, and that's not uh, or Bolton. That and that's not meant as a slur. That is meant as as a team who are highly effective and cause very good teams in this league massive problems, and why they're probably going to be staying in the league for a for a few years. And I think that's down to him. But the problem with Thomas Frank is a bit like the problem you have with Graham Potter is you're taking a coach with one level of expectation with a club that has been so refined, uh, working within their means, and, and has built a squad around a head coach. Just the culture and the expectation of that club is just completely different to Chelsea. So you maybe you are falling into once again the Grand Potter problem, and the problem that you'd get when when bringing in a head coach from a certain environment radically into into a different one—a massive jump—and which which is what made appointing Grand Potter in the first place quite unique for English football in the Premier League. Zinedine Zidane of course is a name I constantly hear because you know based on what he did with Real Madrid um, there have been other ones I think Luis Enrique is another one that I've heard consistently you know he hasn't done a bad job in his career and I could see why some people would would sort of feel that he could do a good job the one if you're if you're saying to me now who would you want to replace Graham Potter there's only one name that comes up for me and it was a name I actually thought who was going to replace Thomas Tuchel and and I've I've felt for quite a few years now will eventually turn up at Chelsea I think he just will just I just can see a situation where he becomes Chelsea head coach in some point in history and that is Mauricio Pochettino and I could already hear even though I'm just I'm not I can't obviously hear what your reaction to it I can already hear a lot of people sort of rolling their eyes or kind of laughing because of all the stuff I think a lot of us including myself you probably find tweets of me mocking Pochettino and Spurs as a rival when they weren't winning trophies but that is not a reason why you don't get Mauricio Pochettino and even through the tribalism and rivalry and you know the fact he was a Spurs coach you do now have someone who has experience of dealing with a chaotic big club in PSG and even if people can say he he failed at that club I think that was probably valuable experience for him to move from Tottenham to PSG to get that kind of superstar experience compared to what he had at Spurs but working at Spurs you know, alright he didn't win the trophies that's still a big Premier League club and what he did with that club was still impressive and I know I'm not supposed to say that but that that is what it was he took them from outside the Champions League into the Champions League and was competing for a Premier League title the problem was I think as, as several Tottenham head coaches have found at that club is that they, they lack investment they lack serious investment at certain times or at least they lacked investment when he was there because of the new stadium you know, I wonder if, if Pochettino was still there now, would he have got the investment and how different maybe that tenure for him would have gone when it when it really sort of um, nosedived after the the Champions League final. But he got in the Champions League final as well. So for me, I think Pochettino in terms of having that big club experience now in terms of what he did tactically and particularly with the vision that this new ownership is going for, who are they going to appoint that's going to fit into their vision if they were to replace Graham Potter? I think that also falls into this category as well because the consistent briefing we've heard in terms of what they're looking for in a head coach in terms of that collaborative approach, in terms of developing young players that they invest in, I feel that Pochettino does fit into that bracket and he falls into a bracket of head coach compared to, say, Graham Potter. I don't think Pochettino is the greatest communicator in the world. He's not a Thomas Tuchel, but he is someone that quite clearly rallied that club at Spurs together and got some very good performances and turned them into, into one of the most exciting teams in the Premier League. Can he replicate something at Chelsea? And, and he's been waiting a long time to get into to management again and whether he would take the Chelsea job given his link to Spurs I think is a massive question but that is the one name that I feel like I feel that would be a good addition right now I'm not saying that Hansi Flick wouldn't be a good addition he quite clearly has great pedigree and there are other ones some of those are currently in jobs you know the likes of say Julian Nagelsmann who's at Bayern Munich I mean maybe it goes wrong for him at Bayern and he becomes available in the summer you know football is a wild game and an unpredictable game as we know and and things change i guess maybe one thing i'd be looking for um if you're not going to keep graham potter is probably you do need someone who maybe has operated in this big kind of club environment that does deal with the politics and the nonsense at times and you know a different level of expectation that can take the the bruises and can take those those really awkward questions that graham potter is facing right now and can maybe have that weight of character And I'm not talking about shouting in press conferences. I mean, behind the scenes with those players to really turn those egos, get them on board and and refine a squad that can make Chelsea competitive again. So that's kind of my feelings around who I would go for. But, you know, I, I think that at the moment, it looks unlikely that Graham Potter is going to be sacked anytime soon we know how quickly that can change in football as well. So we will see how the next couple of games go. But I just wanted to give my sort of uh, feeling on who I would be looking at as a replacement. And for me, top of the list is Mauricio Pochettino, um, which I know I've just already seen a lot of people rolling their right. So, I mean, I just... I, I, but I just, I think if you were to stack up Mauricio Pochettino with some of the suggestions I've heard, all of the Mariva previous Chelsea head coaches, because uh, you're not getting took or back. Like, that's just in a wild universe, I mean maybe it does happen, but I can't there's no way it's happening this season. Absolutely. I mean maybe in a few years' time Tuckle could return to Chelsea, but it's not happening right now. Um so who are you gonna get that's of a of a top level? And although Pochettino hasn't won a Champions League, you know he did fail at PSG to win a Liga, which is always a massive failure with the level of investment you have. I think it's undeniable to look back at it. You can't retroactively look back at his time at Spurs and say it was a failure. I think in terms of what he picked up when he was there and what he left with, I mean, he did sort of change the club in a lot of ways. and I And I think that if you speak to Spurs fans, if you can dread to speak to Spurs fans, At least ones I've spoken to still sort of I absolutely admire what he did there Um, but could he make the jump up that is obviously a big what if you know because I think that people would will quite clearly and scrutinize maybe fairly scrutinize what happened to PSG when he did make that jump up and he wasn't able to transform what they did in the Champions League he wasn't able to really dominate in the way people expect him to but PSG is a pretty crazy club, maybe even a little bit crazier than Chelsea, which seems unlikely. The final thing to speak about here is just uh, Raheem Sterling. There's been some reports around Raheem Sterling potentially leaving in the summer, potentially being unhappy at at Chelsea. Kelly Hogarth, who reps Raheem Sterling, there was kind of a a very quick briefing. So I assume these quotes were given to several journalists who kind of came out and rubbished the exit stories because this was the quote given. Sterling has expressed no discontent with Chelsea and having committed his long-term future to the new ownership this summer, there is to be no new review of his position in the upcoming transfer window. Sterling, you know, he hasn't done awfully. I mean, when you actually look at his stats, 25 appearances, six goals and three assists. Um, If we break that down into the Premier League, that's four goals and 18 appearances and two assists. Of course, he's only recently returned from that hamstring injury that he suffered at the beginning of January. I was a big advocate of signing Raheem Sterling. I was a big fan of Raheem Sterling for several years before Chelsea signed him. Um, In terms of productivity, he hasn't been the worst player in this squad, but I'd be naive and and disingenuous if I come on here and claim that his performances have been outstanding because, I mean, few Chelsea player performances this season have been outstanding unless your name is Thiago Silva. Sterling is, is not one of them, but in terms of it, it's not exactly, when you look at those numbers, it's not exactly like absolutely tragic but it's nowhere near what sterling could be at his best my great frustration with sterling is that i think at times we just haven't used him in the way that others have you know we haven't at times used the width that raheem sterling can give you as a wide player and we you know it still was a club we we like using these inside forwards and you know, I'm not the biggest fan of it, particularly when you are investing in players who do thrive more as wingers rather than inside forwards. Um, Mikailo Mudrik and Nori Madawake are two players we've just invested in who you could classify as, as nat- more natural wingers, you know, players who do want to stretch the pitch, who do want to run in behind. You know, I think that Raheem Sterling maybe at times has been used... Um, not in the best way, but that doesn't mean that his performances is, um, uh, you know, th- he doesn't have responsibility as an older player within this squad to to have those good performances. And on 300k a week, you know, that was always a big wage that people pointed out when we made the signing. And obviously at the moment with everything looking so negative and not getting a lot of performances and, and investing in new wide players since then, there could be a feeling that, you know, if there is an exit route financially, is it a smart thing to do? I can't see Sterling being let go. My hope is that if, in whatever world, whether it's a new coach or Grandpa, can somehow turn things around, where things can become more positive again, I still think Sterling, as an older player in that attack, would be useful over the course of a season, and you know, hopefully, can end this season maybe getting to double figures, which you know, again, looks unlikely because Chelsea can't score at the moment. But Sterling has just recently returned from injury. I think he had a a decent performance against uh, Southampton. I think he looked to right in the first half against uh, Tottenham, but kind of faded in the second. So for Sterling, he really needs to improve. He needs to up his game um, to show that experience that he has and was was meant to bring as kind of a superstar at Chelsea. If you think back to the way that signing was framed in the summer, that hasn't happened. But I, I'm sure like a lot of people are kind of down on Sterling at the moment and wouldn't maybe complain if he moves on in the summer. I think financially, it'd be a massive loss for this new ownership to take. Who We've already taken a lot of uh, losses in the, in the transfer window. So I think that's maybe unlikely so just wanted to touch on that today but that is it for today's edition of let's talk chelsea thank you guys so much for taking the time to watch it if you did enjoy it hit that subscribe button and a notification bell so you don't miss any of the uploads follow me on twitter at and i will see you again very soon all the best Podcast Network.